0: And welcome to the Child of a Library podcast, where we discover the words on our shelves and in our hearts. It is wonderful weather here in Germany. And to be honest, the biggest issue at the moment concerning the weather is how to keep the apartment from getting too hot during the day. I'm currently working in home office, so this job falls to me and it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> Because whenever my fiance comes home, he's always like, oh, it's so warm. And I'm always like, I'm doing my best here, okay? (laughs) But that's, Not really besides the point, because it's actually leading to the topic of today's episode. Because my fiance recently asked me, because of the sunbeams shining through our windows, onto our terrace, but also onto the wall where my bookshelves are, he asked whether I'm scared that my books will lose their color due to the sun. And I have to admit that made me a little paranoid. (laughs) Now we really try to protect them with some shade in the later afternoon when the sun is hitting their window. We try our best. I think we're doing great. To be honest, they have not lost color so far and they've been in the same spot for over three years. So I think they're fine. But this led me to another thought. What are the books where I would be the most devastated if they got damaged by the sun, by water? I don't know a dog shredding them in our apartment. I don't know. Any scenario, what would be the box that I would be the most unhappy about if something happened to them? And which are the ones that I want to protect no matter what? And coming from that thought, maybe some of you have heard of Maria Kondo. She wrote a book called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up and she also got her own Netflix show that got really popular. And her tidying methods overall are very cool. I tried out some of them and they actually do save a lot of space as I experienced in my own closet as I restructured it after her guidance. So I can definitely recommend and her in general and her tidying methods in general but there has been one big controversy within the book world when her book came out and also when her show got so popular concerning her way of decluttering because she said that you should look at every item in your apartment take it into your hands and ask yourself does this spark joy And if you can say yes to that question, you can keep it. But, and this is where the catch is for every book lover, if possible, you should not keep more than 30 books. (laughs) Now to everyone who does not have a little library at home, you might be like, oh, 30 books, that's so much. God, I will never reach that number. That's totally fine. But for everyone who has a bookshelf, you know how easy 30 books are accumulated. (laughs) so narrowing it down to that number depending on how much books you already have really really can be difficult So when this concept got so big and because there are so many people who on the one hand love having books, but also want their surrounding to be very tidy. So they arrange the bookshelves in a certain way so that it pleases their aesthetic eye. When they heard it from like their guru of tidying up, they were like, the outrage, how could she? But to be honest, I mean, she says that if the other books do spark joy too, you can keep them. But it's her recommendation to only keep 30 for the sake of decluttering. So there's a loophole there, don't get me wrong. (laughs) But of course, I really, really tried to challenge myself and try to narrow my bookshelf down to my top 30 Maria Kondo books that spark joy whenever I have them in my hands. And now I have to admit, I made myself a little list because I was afraid that I would miss some very important ones. Because at the moment, what I keep on my bookshelves are the ones that are either my absolute, absolute favorite or my immediate TBR books. There are some books that I really, really love, but that I keep now in storage a few floors down. in order to on the one hand protect them, but also because I know that once I have a little bit more shelf space, I definitely want to get them up here and display them. So now let me take a look at my list. The first one that I've got on here is the 10th anniversary edition of The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. I have not read this book yet because This series, unfortunately, is not finished. For everyone who's heard my podcast, maybe a couple of times, here and there, I mentioned that I love binging book series. So when they are either very close to being finished or already finished, I really love to get engrossed in the world for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, and really power through the entire series. But everyone who knows, knows this, but I will just go a bit more into detail. Patrick Rothfuss has written the first book in this three book series, The Name of the Wind, 10 years, it's even more years ago. I think, when did I buy this? Three, three years ago? maybe four years ago, this edition, I don't know. So it's been like nearly 15 years probably since he wrote The Name of the Wind. And it's supposed to be a beautiful story, a very well-imagined world. And the second book is out too, but the third book, we've been waiting for years and years and years, and there's no real hint that it will be coming soon. And I think there's nothing more devastating. And I had that before with Game of Thrones, when I read the entire series and then realized it's not finished and it probably won't be finished for another couple of years and then that stretched on and on and on so let's not get into that too deep but overall, this would be a series that I would really love to read back to back. So I'm waiting. So this is the reason why I have not touched this special edition. But it's very, very beautiful. It has got a very distinct cover art. It's, it's very dark. There's a broken instrument at the front cover. And overall, it's very beautifully done. It's got sprayed edges. It's got a golden spine. It's got illustrations throughout. It's a very, very beautiful edition. So if you're interested to read this book, I can definitely recommend that one because the illustrations really add to the overall feeling of the book, which is rather dark, I have to admit, but it's it's a glorious addition to display on your bookshelf. Let's be honest what I'm really getting at here. And there's been a time when I had this book facing outwards with the cover being fully displayed and it looked really, really well. But, you know... <laughs> as every book lover and book collector does at some point you need the extra shelf space so you put it back and you just show the spine again (laughs) this happens so often but yeah (laughs) this would be my first pick that i would definitely keep on my shelves and if i only had 30 books i could also display it again with the cover facing outward so hey what do you know (laughs) the second one It's not really a cheat for everyone who will be coming at me. It's just it was split into three volumes due to convenience in reading. Let me call it like that. And that is my three volume paperback box set of 1Q84 by Haruki Murakami. For everyone who has read this book in whatever language, it's a brick. It's giant. So I found this very, very beautiful special edition where they cut it in three parts and they put it all into one box set. So it's one book, but for the sake of reading it in a nicer way and not carrying around this giant tome, they split it, which I think is really, really nice. And it's very aesthetic on my bookshelf, so for the sake of aesthetics, and I promise you not every book on here will be for the sake of aesthetics, but because of the aesthetics, I would choose this three volume paperback box set, especially. (laughs) And as you know, Haruki Murakami is one of my top authors of the year that I want to read. And 1Q84 really has been one of the reasons why I put him on that list, so now it's June already and I haven't read that book and haven't started it. But I have to also admit, it took a while for this special edition to arrive because I could not find it in a regular bookstore. I also could not really find it online that well. And then at some point, one of our big bookstore chains here in Germany had it in their online store and I hit buy instantly, but they already said it might take four to six weeks for us to get the book and then ship it to you so by the time when I don't know maybe six weeks passed I don't know Really, I did not count it back, to be honest, to the actual purchase day. At some point I was like, okay, probably this book is not going to come. Probably they were not able to secure the book for whatever reasons, I don't know, but it's such a rare edition, I can't really blame them. And then, I don't know, maybe two or three days later, suddenly I had that book in my hands and I was like, whoa, I did not really believe that it would actually be coming. (laughs) <laughs> but that was such a nice surprise, I'm very happy to have it and this would definitely be one of the additions that I would keep. The third one is very linked to my childhood because it's one of the children's books that I remember that I really, really loved growing up because at first my grandpa was reading it to me and then I read it when I was like, you know, in primary school and was finally able to read it and i even at some point in high school we had like a little christmas party in one of our classes and they asked us to bring like christmas related stories that we know from our childhood and read them there and i brought this book even though it touches on christmas just like in one of the chapters but i really really love this book and i'm pretty sure no one on this podcast knows this book and that's the story of the blue pine cone <laughs> i will make sure to show you a picture of it in my instagram podcast highlight and also on the youtube video it's such a cute cover And because no one knows it, and I'm not even sure whether you find a very accurate synopsis of what it's about online, because it's such a very niche book, I will just get a little bit into the story. So we follow this one pine cone who was situated very comfortably on a pine with all his other brother pine cones. But then someday a bird appears on his branch, a J for everyone who's interested in the detail, and he, rubs his feathers onto the pine cone for so long that the pine cone turns blue from the feathers of the bird. So now he's the only blue pine cone on this tree. And all of his brothers laugh at him that he looks so weird that he doesn't look like a pine cone anymore. So he decides to move away from the tree. He breaks loose of his branch, falls to the ground, and then walks on and makes a little journey and he's found first of all by a hunter and his dog and like he has got so many adventures that he encounters (laughs) because he sets off from home because he did not really feel at home there anymore and i just thought that it was such a very cute and such a very niche story and because i've got such fond memories of my grandpa reading it to me this is definitely one that i would like to keep The fourth one is We Are the Ants by Sean David Hutchinson. I actually read this book this year and I don't know why I held off from reading it for so long, but it was actually very, very good. It's a story of a boy in his teenage years and he is regularly abducted by aliens and they do tests on him. And every time when he's there, they prompt him with a question because they tell him on this special date, earth will be destroyed. And if you hit this button, we can protect earth and earth and humanity can live on. But because, you know, in his teenage years, there are some things that he's struggling with and he really starts to see how faulty the human race is and how many bad things we do to each other. And he is not automatically like, yes, I will definitely push that. Button, but every time something is holding him back because something happened to him recently, or he saw something on the news, or in general, he just thinks that maybe humanity is not worth saving. So this whole book is about his journey and how he's pondering whether he should save humanity and what he encounters on the way. And of course, the whole story with the aliens and everything, it's a bit you know, it's a bit special, but to be honest, the overall idea of exploring what humanity is and whether it's worth saving was so well done for the fact that this is a young adult book. So I can definitely recommend this one, recommend it to any teenager that you have who wants to read something into that direction. It's definitely a very good book. And the fifth one, I have to admit, it's maybe a little cheap. I don't know, but it's just one book. So I hope Maria Kondo would forgive me. And that's the Canterbury Classics edition of the complete novels of Jane Austen. <laughs> so technically, it's six books in one. And it's, it's a giant brick, to be honest. But there's no limitation to size, weight or anything concerning the 30 books that you can keep. So I'm counting this one. It's just one book. And I would love to keep this one because I recently finished Emma and I really, really enjoyed Emma by Jane Austen. And I'm currently making my way through Mansfield Park, but there are still so many of her books that I have not read. So I did not want to just keep Emma on my shelf, but I wanted to give myself a little outlook on some more stories that I can explore of hers. The sixth and the seventh book go hand in hand, and that's Warcross and Wildcard by Marie Lu. This is a duology that I read, I think, I don't know, two years ago? three years ago maybe by now and it was absolutely fantastic. I really really loved it because it played around with technology, with gaming, with all sorts of things that I got more into because I met my fiance because he is so much into gaming and this duology really also explores what could happen if we let too much technology into our lives. What could potential scenarios be? How could it end? But it does it in such a fun way with such fun characters. And overall, I am a big fan of Marie Lu. So I definitely had to keep books from hers. And because I really, really loved Warcross and Wildcard beyond even the others that I really, really liked, these are the ones that I would definitely keep. Then the eighth one, it was very hard for me because It's Capturing the Devil by Carrie Maniscalco. And for everyone who knows that series, it's the fourth book in the Stalking Jack the Ripper series. And I loved that series. I loved every book of it. I thought it was fantastically done. It's definitely one that I will reread because the characters are just so great. And the topic with this young woman in the Victorian era, who is not into tea parties, but into post-mortems and how she. She is supported at least by some members of her family and by her potential love interest. And I don't know, it's so great because you've got on the one hand, the great characters, but you've got also the plot and the crime element and it's just so great. But for the sake of this list, I wanted to narrow it down to just one and then it would be the last one because if i really really had to decide this is the one that i enjoyed the most i can definitely recommend this series i know i won't shut up about this series on this podcast but it's definitely a big recommendation from me the ninth book is the seven husbands of evelyn Hugo by taylor jenkins reed luckily this is a standalone So I don't have the same problem as with the Stocking Check the Ripper series But I'm very sure that you've probably already heard of this book because there was so much buzz surrounding it I think when it came out two years ago one and a half years ago by now and I can definitely vouch for it. It's absolutely fantastic. It's so entertaining It's got like a Marilyn Monroe element in it, and it's just a great read. It's very very entertaining so definitely I would keep this one on my bookshelf, just, you know, to pick it up from time to time and really get my fill of that story again. The 10th book has got very special memories attached for me and that is The Ruling Class by Peter Barnes. Now, probably this will also be one that a lot of people won't know. It's actually, I got this when I was at a play in London I used to live in London for a couple of months I worked there and I really made use of the vast entertainment musical theatrical any sort of entertainment that London had to offer because they've got so much they've got such a big array of shows that you can see of plays that you can see so one that I watched was the ruling class because one of my favorite actors I, I don't really have a lot of favorite like actors I I also can't remember names of any starlets or anything. I'm really, really bad at this. But I've got like, if it really came down to it, I think I would name one favorite actor and that is James McAvoy. So because he was playing the leading role in this play, I was like, yep, I'm getting tickets for that. (laughs) And when I saw it, it was such a great play. Like it was so well played from everyone in the cast. So I got the book accompanying the play and I sat down in a cafe, just went through the book again, marked my favorite lines, also wrote a little bit in the corners. And I also illustrated the first page with like my favorite quotes of it, like the ones that really stuck out. And what is really wonderful is that whenever I turn to that first illustrated page and read a sentence automatically this scene comes to me how they acted it out and i think that's so fascinating because i just saw this play once it's not like a movie that you see several times and then whenever you hear a line you're like oh yeah that's definitely that scene i just saw it once but it's all so vivid still in my memory and it's such a wonderful thing to experience so this is definitely one that i would keep and uh, to be honest maybe the fact that james uh, mcavoy signed uh, that book is also a factor is contributing to that. The next one is Brandon Sanderson's Skyward. This is also on my TBR. It's one of his sci-fi novels. I love Brandon Sanderson. He's probably one of my favorite authors. So this is the next one that I want to kick down from my TBR and move it to my red shelf. And because I love Brandon Sanderson so much, this is definitely one that I would love to keep. And the 12th one is Animal Farm by George Orwell, which is a recent absolute favorite of mine. And even though it's like such a tiny book and some people may be like, is it really worth knocking down one of the spots that you have on your shelf for this tiny book? I can tell you there's so much in this story that I would probably reread it several times just to experience all those little details in a different way every time and i think i could still learn so much from rereading that story that yes for me it's definitely worth keeping that tiny book on my thirty book bookshelf the next one is girls of paper and fire by natasha Nyang. This was a book that I received in one of my book boxes that I get for myself regularly and I don't know I I picked it up more or less on a whim from my bookshelf and I absolutely fell in love because it's this very intricate fantasy story with different tiers of creatures humans so to say but one tier is just purely human the others have got some demons like elements you know they they've got for example deer ears or some animal element that is attached to their body and then the last tier the like most high ranking tier are the ones that have a full animal demon form and the main character comes from the lowest class and becomes one of the concubines for the emperor. And she really tries to break out of that situation. And it's just wonderful on the one hand to see how people who did not have the best start into life, maybe because of the circumstances that they were born in and then really discover their own power and what they can do to live the life that they want. But also it had a female, female romance that I really, really enjoyed. And that was not overly constructed in a way so I really really love that book also really like the second book and I'm very excited to see where this story will be going moving forward and now, book 14 to 16 are part of one series and I know why would one keep an entire series it takes up so much space but this one is so near and dear to my heart and you've already heard about it on the podcast so I won't go into too much detail and that's Kai Meyers' Silk and Sword trilogy with Silk and Sword, Lands and Light, and Dragon and Diamond. And especially I would keep the old cover versions, which are the ones <laughs> that I have on my shelves. Actually, I had them previously, then gave them away when I moved out for whatever reason. I don't know. Probably I thought that the audiobook would be enough for me. But the thing is, the audiobook sometimes skips a part of the writing. Like, it's nothing major that is left out. But because it's not an unabridged production, I really wanted to have also the original written version in order to really have the full story available. And when I wanted to purchase the books again, I realized that they got a cover change and that they didn't look anymore how I remembered them from my childhood. So I went through like used bookstores and used bookstores online and I found the first two and then my friend Miriam got me the third one. And it was just, I was so happy when I received the full set again and I finally had them in the old covers. So this is definitely one that I would keep and cherish on my shelves then also one of my recent yeah favorite, so to say was the invisible life of eddie larue by v e schwab of course it's not a perfect book there were some times in the book where i was like oh, why did this have to happen why is the character not moving forward i don't know like there were a few things that maybe i did not quite enjoy as much but the overall story, the idea, the way how art was incorporated in it, I just think was absolutely beautiful and i consumed this story the first time on audiobook and then i realized because we read it for our book club that the others had read it in physical form and there you can actually see the artwork in the book and i was like no i missed out on that so definitely this would be one version that i would keep on my shelves just for the sake to experience it again with the actual artwork in the book (laughs) book number 18 and 19 again go hand in hand and it's No wonder that they are on this list and it's The Merciful Crow and the Faithless Hawk by Margaret Owen. The Merciful Crow has been my favorite book of last year. Like I think in one of my last episodes I said that I had top three books of the year and they still are top three but to be honest The Merciful Crow and the Faithless Hawk were definitely the number one. So they are on here. It's just such a wonderful duology. It's rather complex to explain what it's about so i won't do this here because i also did this several times because again this is a book that i won't shut up about on this podcast (laughs) so yeah there's no way around me keeping these books on my shelf because i just want to reread them again because this story was just so lovely and so entertaining and I just flew through it basically now for book 20, we're coming very close to the top 10 and you're probably asking yourself, there has not been any Harry Potter on here. What has been going on? And I can assure you, yes, I'm a big fan of the story of Harry Potter, but because I'm so very familiar with the story and I think because the audio books are such a great experience. In the way how they were narrated and recorded, they are just very soothing to the soul to listen to them. I think I don't really need anything more than just that. So there's no real reason for me, if I really had to narrow it down to a top 30, to keep the entire set of Harry Potter on my shelves. But what I would definitely do is that I keep my favorite book in the series and that is the goblet of fire really it's tied between the prisoner of azkaban and the goblet of fire but in the end i decided for the goblet of fire illustrated edition because i think it's very very beautiful yeah the third book in that series is also very beautiful in illustration form but i have to make some choices here okay (laughs) So the illustrated edition of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire by J.K. Rowling, it's beautiful. The illustrations really add another level that you, of course, won't experience when you just read the audiobook. So this definitely had to go on here. And because it's a little longer than The Prisoner of Azkaban, I would also get more out of this book choice. Now we move on into the last 10 books of this list. We have First Almond by Wonpyeong Son. I read this was it the end of last year was it the beginning of this year i think it was the last book of 2020 that i read or one of the last books and it was such an enjoyable experience it was such a cute story about friendship and how this develops and how someone who's like physically not as able to feel to get around in their daily lives and how it really explored what obstacles can be thrown your way and i really really love this i also love that it is a translated work directly from korea so yeah can only recommend this book it's not too long so i think this is one story that definitely everyone could pick up book number 22 is again one of the unicorns because it's a fantasy standalone and that's the sword of kaigen by ml wong to be honest when i went into this and knew it was a standalone i read the first few chapters and i was like oh no I will want to have a full, like, I don't know, six, seven book series of this world. I'm very sure that I want this. Why am I doing this to myself? But I was already too much invested in this story and I could not stop. And when I finished the book, I was so devastated that there won't be another book in this series. Oh. It was so good, the world was so great, but because it was so great and because you get the outlook of what else is there in this world beyond the little part that we explored, you're like, give me more books of that world, please. I don't know, maybe one day we will get more of that story and I will be happily, happily reading it But The Sword of Kaigen, very big recommendation to everyone who's into Japanese culture and also loves Avatar The Last Airbender with elemental magic and everything. Wonderful, it's a great book, but unfortunately it's just one book for the sake of reading, but luckily it's just one book so that I can keep it on my shelves for this list. Next up, we've got Julie Berry's Lovely War, which also has been one of my 2020 favorites. It's such a beautiful love story. It's actually two love stories throughout the world wars at the beginning of this century. And the twist is that it is also narrated by the Greek gods because they had their hands in the doing of that love story, so to say. And it's just such a wonderful twist to it, how it was narrated by the Greek gods, that it is just a great recommendation for me to everyone who is into historical fiction of some sort, read this book. It's not that long. It's not part of a big series, but it's such a wonderful, complete story in itself and definitely one that I would love to keep on my shelves. Now, we've talked about the books we read from our childhood. We talked about the books that I potentially want to read in the future. We've got books on here that had special memories attached to them. But let's be honest, sometimes we just read books for the fun of it that are light and fluffy and (laughs) you just, Enjoy that you can get through them very quickly because they are just so easy to read. And one of those series for me was the Love NXT series by Anna Petzold. She's a German author, actually. And the first book, which is also the one that I would keep on my shelves is When We Dream. And yeah, I'm admitting it here, it's a love story that is somehow related to the k-pop world and the thing is when you look down that list there are some love stories on there and one would think that I read a lot of love stories but that's actually not the case I hardly ever read books that are solely surrounding a love story but this was one of the books that I read and it was just such an easy flowing read of course I I read it in German because she's a german author but yeah i think if you are somehow familiar with the k-pop world in whatever way and you just want a light and fluffy book with a romance element in it this is definitely a big recommendation for everyone who can read in german it was just so enjoyable so of course because everyone needs a book like that in their lives this is my choice. And coming from the same area, so to say, because I really enjoyed that one series, there's also a book that will be coming out, I think, this July. And that is Axie O's XOXO. Sorry, that was a lot of X's. But the book is called XOXO and the author is called Axie Oh, and this is also again, a love-related story that has ties to the K-pop world, but it has got more of an academy setting as I recall it correctly. And yeah, you know, sometimes you just need that one fluffy book that you can rush through, can add another book to your Goodreads red pile and you're like, yes, one step closer to the finishing of the challenge and just have a lovely story to go along with that. Now we have reached the last five books of my list and the next three are again part of the series and that's my 10th anniversary editions of The Hunger Games, Catching Fire and Mockingjay by Suzanne Collins. I have been a big fan of The Hunger Games. To be honest, when they came out, I just started to read books in english that were not forced on us from school so i did not really know about the hunger games back then but then one of my mom's friends gave me that series and she was like i read it it's so cool it's for young adults it will definitely be something for maraike if she's not shying away from english and i was like challenge accepted Give me the books. So she landed them to me and I read them and I fell in love with the story. And suddenly I really, really knew where the hype was coming from because back then the hype had also reached me. (laughs) And these books really were the ones that got me back into reading. They started because at the end of Mockingjay, I was so emotionally distressed. I remember I told you this story before. We were on a boat. On holiday and I was so emotionally distressed and the only other book that I had with me was Aragon. So from Mockingjay I went into the next Big fantasy series and then it really snowballed from there and then it was game of thrones yada 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 and so all of this started with the hunger game so i've got a very special attachment to it but because i read them the first time not as my own copy but it was landed i did not have a copy of them for quite some time and then I think two years ago or so, I acquired the 10th anniversary editions and they are so cool. (laughs) These paperback editions, they are very, very great. They've got beautiful illustrations. And to be honest, Mockingjay is probably my favorite. So yeah, great recommendation. Also, if you want to gift someone that series, great recommendation for this edition. They are actually, because usually when you've got the special editions, they are hardcover and they are somewhat more expensive than if you just buy them. But because these are just paperbacks, they're actually pretty affordable. So if you want to gift this series to someone, why not give it the one with the coolest covers? (laughs) And then book number 29 and 30 finally are These Violent Delights and These Violent Ends by Chloe Gong. These Violent Delights was again, one book from my book box that I got a few months ago and I finally picked it up. And to be honest, up until this point, I really, really enjoy it. I haven't finished it because I'm currently reading it, but it's so great. And the story, if you hear what it's about, It's so up my alley, you guys. I Like when I picked it up, I knew that I was going to love it. I really hope that it will deliver and These Violent Ends is the next book in that series. I think it will be a duology. So I really, really hope that this will deliver. These Violent Ends still needs to come out. So I'm reading These Violent Delights close to its release, but I'm really, really happy that I picked it up. And the story centers around Shanghai in the 1920s. So while we have the Roaring Twenties in the West, of course Shanghai because they've got so much foreign influence there also benefits from that overall mindset and because the opium wars etc are now over Shanghai is entering an era where they can prosper and there are of course apart from the like foreign entities that have a certain amount of power in Shanghai we've got two rival gangs that really move all the pieces in the more or less criminal underbelly of shanghai one of them are the montagovs which are sort of like a russian division so to say and the others are the tsais which are from china actually and we've got the two heirs of these gangs which is on the one hand roma montagov and juliet tsai and haha for everyone who might make the connection roma romeo juliet okay that one's pretty obvious (laughs) so it's also a retelling of romeo and juliet by william shakespeare and this set against the backdrop of the shanghai of the 1920s and all the elements of chinese culture that are written into this book it was such a great experience i'm on page 120 now and i really really enjoyed it and i think i will make an upcoming episode about the chinese culture that is written into this book and how i can say from my own experience and whether i think that this is also what I experienced when I was in Beijing and also when I did my little holiday in Shanghai. So stay tuned for that. I really hope that I find enough material in the books in order to do that episode, but I would really, really love to because it's such a great book for everyone who is interested in that, please read it. I can't vouch for the entire story, but at least for the cultural part, it was so very enjoyable up until page 120 at least so this is it this is my list of 30 books that i would keep on my bookshelves if i would do it maria kondo style (laughs) i hope you like the list and could understand at least a few of the choices that i made i will include pictures of all the books especially the special editions on my instagram podcast highlight and also on the YouTube video that always correlates my episodes. And feel free to let me know any of your picks for the 30 books on your Maria Kondo shelf. And to be honest, depending on how many books you have already, you might find this <laughs> very challenging. Probably maybe as challenging as I did. But to be honest, when you really listen to your heart you know what your favorite books are at least that's something that i realized when i stood in front of my shelves and was like yeah yeah i know which ones i want to gravitate towards so this is actually a very fun experiment to do for yourself just so that you get to know your shelves and your book taste a little better Now, because I have not done this for so long, I know that this podcast is probably going to be so, so long already, but I really wanted to answer a quick bookish question because I haven't done this in such a long while. So I tried to find one that fits the overall vibe of this episode, but also one that I can answer somewhat quickly. And that is the one, if you go into a bookstore or buy your books online, do you research a book's ratings, etc., or do you it and build your own opinion solely first of all if you buy online try to support your local bookstores because very often especially now during the pandemic they often give us new ways of purchasing the books and often they have their own online store installed so this is something that i definitely do i support a local bookstore that is close to where my parents live but because i moved away from that general area i can't go there physically but i always order books from them whenever i order so definitely go support your local bookstores i preach you that but concerning the question there are two ways how i do it either when i'm not quite sure i read the book digitally or i listen to it on audiobook and if i really 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 loved it then i buy the book physically and put it on my shelf so overall the books on my shelf are very very selected already or if i buy a book physically then i know in advance that it had gotten very great reviews or that the story is one that is absolutely up my alley and that i would probably really really love it or when the situation is just very very special then i buy a book to maybe commemorate this very special occasion but in general the books that i buy physically are very, very selected. So overall, my bookshelf is a very, very accurate representation of what I enjoy and what is important to me. And this is also one of the reasons why I am able to keep it contained to a certain amount of books. Of course, as I said, I've got some books in storage, but it's not as extensive as it could be, I promise you. (laughs) So I always go through my bookshelves, really ask myself, did I really enjoy this? And then I shuffle them around, make space for potentially new ones that I enjoy more than one that I was probably, I don't know, sent in one of my book boxes that I liked, but that was not my absolute favorite. Or sometimes it also happens that other people really, really love the book and you think the synopsis is great and then you read it yourself and it's not really your style. And that's totally okay. I have to admit by now, i really know what i tend to like so it hardly ever happens luckily that i experience that feeling but yeah these are the two ways i either buy them digitally first and if i really love it i buy it physically or i do a lot of research in advance in order to really know whether it's worth buying physically for my bookshelves So this is it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and got some inspiration to either clean out your shelves or add a few new books or nice additions to it. But don't let Miss Kondo hear that you got that from me, okay? (laughs) And until next time, I hope that we discover the words on our shelves and in our hearts. Bye.